Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll, we'll get louder as the, yeah. <laughs> as the episode progresses. We do that. It happens. I'm not going to apologize for it, though. Oh, welcome to Conversations in Comfort I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. <laughs> How you doing? Good, how are you? How's 2024 treating you? So far, so good. Same. Can't complain. Love that for us. Uh, we're about a week into it. Actually, we're exactly a week into it, I think. It's the 7th it's the today, the 7th you're today. Right. You're right. We are, we're a week in. So far, so... Well, okay, I'm not going to say so far, so good. We're here. So far, okay. So far, just fine. Just fine. <laughs> we're we're getting through it. We're yeah. we're doing the thing. We're doing it. We're doing it. Sometimes that's all that counts. Did you do anything fun for for the New Year's? I went to Leavenworth. You did. With yes. My friends. It was very fun. Um, the town was a nightmare. There's just so many people. It's always. I feel Leavenworth is always a nightmare. Mid December through early January and then again in October. Well, they don't have Oktoberfest there anymore. Oh, it's right. They moved to like Wenatchee, right? Yeah, because it has too many tourists. Oh my God. You're a stupid tourist town. Like, (laughs) you want money or not? Do you think they just made it look like a Bavarian (laughs) town for kicks and giggles? No. Yeah. It's 100% tourist. I'm going to go on a small little rant. Please do. please. It always bothers me. And I think because I was in like the tourism industry mm-hmm. working downtown. My dad was yeah. in the tour. Like his main clientele when he owned a was store tourists. was tourists. Yeah. I never understand people that are angry when tourists come. Mm-hmm. When their town is billed as a tourist destination. I know. And they get mad about it. Like I get it. Tourists are not. They're annoying. They're but. annoying. And I put myself into that category as well when I am a tourist. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Me too. I try to be cognizant of it, but like... But I don't know where I'm going. But I don't know where I'm going. And I don't... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know I'm not supposed to ride my bike on the sidewalk. Well, you can't do that here. Coronado, California. <laughs> um, it's illegal everywhere. It's just... I'm like... Uh, you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't know where I'm... I don't... Yeah. So it's, it's just... I get it. But. Well, and then they stopped doing Oktoberfest, but then they built that roller coaster or whatever. Yeah, the Alpine coaster. Alpine coaster. I'm but mad they're... at Leavenworth. Anyways, I went. <laughs> Contributed to their <laughs> tourism and <laughs> economics. And it was great. I had I'm, a great time. I'm going in March. Fun. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll be calmer. I think it usually... I went... The last time I went to Leavenworth... At the fancy hotel. Yeah. Not for a day, because Brian and I do we do day yeah. trips to Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. Just drive in the morning, drive back in the afternoon. But the only time, the second time I've ever stayed over in Leavenworth was at the fancy hotel, and mm-hmm. it was in um, March, and it was pretty quiet, calm, calm. Not a lot of people around. Great. So still kind of chilly. A little bit of snow. <laughs> yeah, there was hardly any snow there. It was lovely. Which was nice for driving purposes. Especially with two little babies. I didn't drive them. Oh, you drove yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Just me and the babies. <laughs> and the two dogs. No, no. Um, <laughs> what if an 
hilarious. No, I wouldn't have. They just go in their own cars and you're like, <laughs> okay, bye. With the, with the two bebes and the dogs. <laughs> no, it's nightmares territory. Um, what did you do? Anything fun? Not a darn thing. Um, we just were at home and watched... I can't remember what we watched. We watched something. Did you watch? Did and... you see the Space Needle fireworks? <laughs> sure did. Um, you mean the smoke show? Yes. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, if you don't know, the Space Needle does fireworks every year, and this year because there was a severe lack of wind, it was just like smoke, Fog. and then occasionally you see like a light like one would pop up yeah. further than the just one smoke was. <laughs> And it was hilarious. Brian and I were laughing so hard. Uh, um, you probably had a great show if you were in the Space Needle. That's about the only place <laughs> that it would be a good show. We did watch um, a little bit of the CNN New Year's celebration with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Is that where the ball dropped? That's where, where the they... ball drops. Okay, we watched part of that. But We just uh, watched the ball drop. Anderson and Andy are... Hilarious! I did see them just losing it over like a cat cafe or John something. Mayer at a cat cafe. John Mayer was not amused. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anderson's giggle can cure the world of anything. I swear. Good. Yeah, I was trying to convince my friends to let's celebrate East Coast New Year's. <laughs> oh, I'm all about they celebrating. They made me stay up till midnight. I was asleep by twelve oh five, because the next day Brian and I we had an event to get to. Did ya? We went to the Winter Classic hockey oh, game right. downtown at the baseball stadium. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Good. I'd never been to a hockey game before. Oh, really? It was yeah, my very first hockey game, um, which I feel it was like it was a good first one to go to. It was absolutely freezing. Yeah. Um, they didn't put the roof on. Or it was still cold. It was still cold. Um, they did not put the roof on. Oh, that's silly. Um. Well, because the whole thing is supposed to be like an outside game. Okay. So if you put the roof on, it kind of defeats the purpose of being an outside game. Um, but it was cold, so I bought a hat. Oh, you did? I bought a, I bought a Winter Classic hat. Cool. I love buying hats from my, things like that. My, um, a member of my family who shall remain nameless, um, who you don't know. Um, <laughs> I was like, is it Brian? <laughs> no. Um, had commented on... Not commented on, like, the picture I posted, but, like, commented to my mom about that I was wearing a $50 hat. (laughs) And I was, she texted me about it, and I responded, I said, I said, it was $40, and my ears were cold. (laughs) That's $25 each year. I'm like, the ears were cold, I needed a hat. (laughs) Also, it's not your money. And I'm like, and there were hats there, so I got a hat. Mind your business, relative. (laughs) Don't look into my closet. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm like, not nice, that my things are expensive. I just have cozy too much. warm hat for my ears. <laughs> um, my ears were nice and toasty. <sighs> but yeah, it was it was cold. Yeah, I did get a hot chocolate. Num num, which was thirteen dollars. <laughs> that's what you should do. I'm like, should have been I'm like, about. this is the concerning part <laughs> yeah. here. Is my thirteen dollars Swiss Miss hot, hot chocolate over, and over again? <laughs> Swiss Miss, on the other hand. Like, it was it was the $1.50 packet Swiss Miss <laughs> made with water. Could have brought your own. But I did get a cool cup with it, so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I had a, I was drinking, like, this the Topo Chico, like, um, seltzers. Oh, uh-huh. Um, like ranch was, waters, was like, or is that different? 
they had ranch waters, but this was like a strawberry guava like <laughs> seltzer. Have you have you never had a topo? I have, I have, I have, I have. I'm like, because we've had them at my house. Because <laughs> um, they're so good. Um, so I was having that, and I'm like, this is too cold. And yeah. so I got a hot chocolate. And the great part was, because it was so cold, I was able to just let my Topo Chico, like, sit. <laughs> Perfect. And it was it still cold. cold. It stayed cold the entire time. <laughs> what a miracle. So I'm like, you know what? 2024, <laughs> look at you. I'm like, keeping my drink warm. I'm like, I mean, it's, cold. it stayed cold. <laughs> I didn't need to worry about it getting warm and gross. It was perfectly chilled. Oh, it's like I was sitting in the refrigerator. The <laughs> but I will say, okay. for my first hockey game, mm-hmm. hockey is a very beautiful sport to watch that's great and i know that's a weird thing to say about hockey but it is actually well they're great really, ice skaters they are graceful they're graceful the, the coming on and off of the ice oh, yeah. is like a dance it's it just is like a dance like and my favorite part is when they get their gloves off so they oh, yeah. punch the other person in the face <laughs> their little like flick of their well, hands they got that down too <laughs> I didn't see any fights, though. No fights. Oh, darn. But trying to keep it classy. They were trying to keep it classy for the Winter Classic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was good. Good. It was good. Kraken Uh, won, so that was good. 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 And one of my favorite parts was when they, um, like, did their intros. Uh Uh-huh. Like, Vegas came on. It was just, like, fireworks. Like, woo. 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 But then when the Kraken... (laughs) came on they had they built like these the it looked sea like, monster came out it looked like docks oh cool going going to the um center the pond not the pond the rink <laughs> i'm like that's not it it's like are you talking about the ocean <laughs> no it's going to like the actual the ice rink rink okay so they had docks that were going <laughs> and then like it looked like water underneath uh-huh. it was actually really cool and then when they were walking out they had the fish throwers from Pike oh, Place nice. Market throwing actual fish <laughs> over their heads. Just into the crowd. <laughs> no. Like, you know, like a oh, water like cannon. Rainbow. Like, you know, like uh, like a, you know, when the water cannons go over and then it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a little like tunnel. It's a tunnel. It's a, ton- a fish tunnel. It's a tunnel of fish. <laughs> a flying fish. Amazing. I was like. Whoever thought of that, give and, them a raise. And Sir Mix-a-Lot was singing at the same time. I'm like. I have no notes for I this. Have no notes. No, not a single note. <laughs> this is perfect. That's so funny. I need nothing more in my life. No. Than... 2024, you peaked too soon. You did it. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I hate to say it. That's amazing. Did you did you come up with any New Year's resolutions oh, no, or no. goals or things you want to do in the new year? I'm gonna try and be worse this year. <laughs> oh, she's going unhinged. <laughs> Unhinged 2024. That's my goal. No, I don't have any. It is a leap year. Is this it? This year is a leap year. Great. You want to know what happened in the last leap year? Um, yeah. COVID. Oh, good. <laughs> Great. You want to know what happened in the leap year before that? Um, tell me. Killer clowns. <laughs> Killer clowns. Remember those? Oh, those were the How days. How precious. That was our That's biggest problem. So innocent. So. It's <laughs> cute. I mean... I think we're in for it this year. Good. Saddle up, people. We're in for it. In for something. Start boarding up your windows Something's, something's going to happen. We got dub three. Aliens in possible. Miami. Oh, yeah, and... that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know, let's go. <coughs> that was incredible. 
she's the shadow aliens. The shadow aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, wait, I have an embarrassing hockey story. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> okay, so me and Ashley, Ashquatch, we're gonna go to the um, Thunderbirds game. Mm-hmm. Last week, maybe the week before, and we bought tickets because it was Seattle versus Portland. Ooh. She's from Portland. And so we went out to dinner beforehand, and then we started walking to the stadium. And we were like, it looks kind of close. <laughs> I bought it for the wrong city. It was in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, that's great. <sighs> so we didn't get to go. Well, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you could have gotten in a car and like. I know we would have been three hours late. You you would have missed the whole thing. <laughs> I've never done that before. It was that's hilarious. Stupid. So we didn't go, but I do have a hat from there, from them, from when I've gone previously. Mm-hmm. So that's the important thing. I mean, that's the important. Thing. <laughs> Your ears were cold, just like mine. Yeah. Well, my, mostly I wanted to look cool. Yeah, my ears just get cold, and I'm like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not. If I'm gonna sit here for a couple hours, I'm not gonna sit here with cold Get ears. Hat. I'm getting a hat. <laughs> okay. Um, did you watch Casey Anthony's parents do the lie detector test? No, but I've seen clips. Okay. I haven't watched it. Okay. Um, I've just seen like little clips about it. She did it. They're not lying. We know that. <laughs> no. But that was also the conclusion of the lie detector. This is, this is in line with, uh... oh my God, what? Oh, I forgot. I, I, it's, oh no, it's gone. Come back. Jimmy Hoffa. Still missing. Still missing. A major update. Major update. He's still gone. He's still missing. Okay, great. Um, I do want to read this headline that even made Brian like grumpy Brian grumpy Brian he didn't laugh he was just speechless okay and if you know Brian rarely is the man speechless (laughs) rarely can he not come back with a quip of some sort (laughs) and he doesn't get shook easily all right so here's the headline okay Australian Olympic track cyclist Melissa Hoskins has died following reports that she was hit by a car oh no her husband, former cycling world champion Rohan Dennis, has been arrested and charged. <laughs> with hitting her. In with the hitting car. her. Well, that's in the car. rude. I read him the first part and he goes, he goes, oh, okay. Like, yeah, so, yeah, happened. yeah, what? And then I read the second part and he goes, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and then, um,. Oh, we had all of the bowl games between last time and this time, which included... The um, Pop-Tart? Or was that the Pop-Tart? I just don't understand. I I love him. (laughs) I know you do. I am obsessed with him. (laughs) He's very funny. I make... I, I, I... just it's no, a no. giant pop tart and he dances and he, and he gets eaten and he gets eaten at the end <laughs> what state is that i don't know it was like it for, the, for the pop tart bowl <laughs> no but what state is that in i don't know uh okay but then there was the cheese it bowl okay num num and they had a cheese it trying to compete with the pop tart as we can see here <laughs> And the cheese it has a sign. I can't read it. That says non-edible mascot. 
Which people then said, that's not for it to decide. Oh, it does. Snap. The cheese it does not get to decide. No, of course he's gonna say that. Yeah, of course. He doesn't want to. Don't eat me. me. No, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna I'm cheese poison. it. I'm mm. <laughs> So this year was the year of excellent bowl mascots. Yes, I love that. The pop tart and the cheese it and the cheese it. It's just the pop. The pop tart went into a toaster. And, and then came even... out as a pop tart. As a toasted pop. As a toasted pop tart. Which, do you toast your Pop-Tarts or I don't do you eat, eat them raw? You Never. don't eat Pop-Tarts? No. I love a Pop-Tart. <laughs> I go through phases of like, all I want is Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, You're I'm a tart girl. I'm a tart girl. <laughs> I'm also 12. Um, <laughs> my eating habits haven't, you know, progressed past <laughs> a small child That's let, okay. let loose at a grocery store all by themselves. I go through phases where it's like, I just want a Pop-Tart. I get it. And... Strawberry, Ooh. the best. Blueberry, second choice. No. What about the cinnamon I don't know ones? if you should have an opinion because you don't eat Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I just don't like blueberries that much. See, I don't like blueberries either, but I like blueberry fa- mm, flavor. Flake bloops. Flake blue. Flake bloops. <laughs> Same with grape. Not a big fan of grapes. Okay. Love wine, love grape flavored things. <laughs> uh, the Jolly Ranchers has a strong grape game. I don't like Jolly Ranchers. Great. Not a big Jolly Rancher person. <laughs> okay. What else do you have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time raiding candy a couple times ago that you were here. Off the pod. We did. We had a whole conversation like about an my hour can- an hour long conversation about me rating different candies. <laughs> I mean, I can I can bring it to the people if they want my uh, unofficial official. Well, we'll have to wait for Ashley to get here because she's very passionate about candy candy rating. No, and then the argument was about what is nougat. <laughs> That's right. We did. It's a big big conversation did we about what is nougat. It out? I think we did. I think we did, but then at the end of the day, we're just like, nougat's nougat. It's nougat. just nougat. It's nougat. It decides what it is. It just, it's, <laughs> it is. Yeah. There's no questions. I couldn't make a nougat. Couldn't point one out on the street. Don't know a nougat. I don't know a nougat. Know that I like it. I love a nougat. Love a nougat. Don't know it. Don't know it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were going to do in October. We're going to do a candy taste test. Yeah. But we didn't. I think that was after October we had that conversation. I think it was the week of Halloween. Must have been. Like right before Halloween, we were talking about candy. Must have been. And then we didn't. You know, one something I haven't seen. Tell me. Is my ice maker. Oh. Um, <laughs> like the specialized seltzer packs. Uh, it's because they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking yeah, for them every single time. Year. I'm like at like a total wine. We didn't do a tasting this it, year. Or last year. Or last year. Because we there's no like I still have some in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> the gross ones. We just bring, we bring those out for people we don't like. <laughs> Saw we have, I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> um But yeah, no, I just I haven't seen any like hmm. maybe the seltzer craze is dying. I think it might be. That's fine. I, don't I think, really love them. I think the seltzer craze is going down. Mm-hmm. But I did hear that like canned cocktails oh, sure. are going up. They're more expensive. They are more expensive. 
because the they have actual booze in them. Yeah, is that they just hydrate you and you don't really get yeah. drunk at all. It's just it's just fancy water. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too sweet for me, though. Depends on the seltzer. Yeah, There's some where sure. I'm like, no, thank They're you. They're not created equal. No. Like the Topo Chico seltzers? Good. Those are good. Good ones. Those are the good ones. Um, okay, remember I told you a while back that I had this friend that kept refilling his popcorn every time he drove by the movie theater? Yes! Did he get caught? <laughs> so, my parents and that couple went to the movies. Did he bring his to popcorn To that movie bowl? theater, that's what I asked. And my mom said no, because now there's a sign <gasps> that says it has to be the same day. <laughs> They're on to him. <laughs> the ultimate dream is to have a ridiculous sign because of the thing you were doing. He's nailed it. He's, he's done it. It's done. He's done it. 2024, I mean, he's done it. Again, 2024, you <laughs> peaked too early. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Guys, Sorry, you can't do it. No, same day popcorn. Same day, same day popcorn bucket. Same day popcorn bucket. <laughs> I did see it. Starbucks is doing... Where you can mm. now bring your own cup. Bring your own cup if you do like drive through or mobile order. Okay. Which does not really no. make sense in my brain. That's worse. It's not mobile order. Computing. I guess. I need to check with my insider sources. Yes, please. But it just doesn't make sense. It's like You how? need the cup ahead of you time. You need the cup. Not and when how, I'm already there. I can't give you the cup through the drive through. Through the speaker. Through the speaker box thingy. Exactly. I can't do it. You can't and you won't. Maybe you have to take make two loops. Drop it off. Come drop back it around. <laughs> drop it off and come back. And with the mobile order. It's and like, it's like I'm going your... to mobile order. Here's my cup. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There's some flaws in that. Also, you'd probably get the wrong cup sometimes. Yeah, that would be I'm, I'm like, how is this going to work? Logistically, it doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, you know, as I sit here with my single-use Dutch Bros <laughs> cup. Well. It's paper, though. It's paper. It's recyclable. We can make a craft project out of it. Hmm. <laughs> paper. Isn't it recycled? It's recycled. It is recycled. I think it's recyclable. You put it in my recycling, and I put it in my... I put it in your trash. Oh, gosh. I don't put it in the recycling. Well. I put it straight in the trash. R.I.P. to the planet. <laughs> I don't recycle. We've been over this. <laughs> okay, great. I recycle one thing and one thing only. Cardboard. Hmm. That is the extent of my recycling. Okay. Everything else? Trash. Trash. Pop cans? Trash. trash. Oh, Glass? No. Trash. This is being recorded. Don't say that out loud. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Until they make it easier for me to recycle... Like my grandma. Do you have to separate your recycling? I don't know. You don't. Put it all in the blue thing. But here's the thing. I don't have a recycle bin. Mm. I share one recycle bin. Well, that's... With one person who's... It's down at the other end of the property. (laughs) You get another recycling bin. Very inconvenient. (laughs) It's going to be inconvenient when the planet bursts into flames out. (laughs) JK, we'll be dead. I'll have marshmallows. Okay. It's January. It's January. That's, I think that's it. Okay, great. I probably do, but I can't remember it right now. So. January. January. Being the first month of the year. New beginnings. New beginnings. We're going to talk about firsts. Firsts. Things, the first things, the first time things happened. First things. 
first things. Wait, is it just things, first things that happened or like first and However you okay. want to take it. Thank goodness. I was first, nervous because I, I, I did a, a, yeah. First person. There we go. Do something. That works. Okay, great. Yeah, that fits. That fits so, in my bubble. Mine is going to be the same theme next week. Not just firsts, but more <gasps> specific. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking you should go first, then I'll go, then I'll go first last time. Next time. Next. <laughs> so that. I'm like, are we time travelers? When people are binge listening, it'll be back to back. As they do. As they, As do. they do. Okay. Okay, so you go. I am talking. I'm not going to tell you until the very end. Ooh, I love a surprise. What this person is the first for. Can I guess? Along the way. Sure. Okay. I figured you would. Um, so I'm going to talk about a lady named Sarah Breedlove. Ooh. Okay. So Sarah, She's a dog breeder. Yes. No. <laughs> so Sarah was born on December 23rd, 1867. Ooh, in Louisiana. Okay. Uh, her parents were Owen and Minerva. And Minerva. It's a great name, Minerva. Bring it back. Um, she had a sister and four brothers, um, and she was the first child in her family born into freedom after oh. President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Fantastic. So all of her siblings had been slaves, and okay. her parents had been slaves previously. Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation. She gets born. She gets born. She free. She free. Um, her mom died in 1872, likely from cholera. Okay. Um, after her mom died, her father remarried, but then he died shortly after. Mm. So you have a seven-year-old Sarah who's an orphan. Okay. Yikes. Um, she moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi um, when she was 10. Not sure what she did between the ages of seven and ten. I'm assuming she was still in Louisiana. Seems like it. Um, to where she lived with her sister and her brother-in-law. Okay. And then she started working as a domestic servant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only had three months of formal education. That's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> um, barely get to the letter C. Which she learned during her Sunday school literacy sessions at church okay. that she had attended. So. Three years of school. Three months. Three months of school. Yeah. Um, and in 1882, uh, when she was 14, she got married to a man named Moses McWilliams. Great name. To ex- escape the abuse that she was dealt at at the hands of her brother-in-law. Oh, don't like that. So she was like, latest. Goodbye. You're gross. Um, Moses died in 1887, leaving Sarah with a two-year-old baby girl. Oh my goodness, this girl. Um, in 1888, she and her daughter moved to St. Louis, where three of her brothers had lived. Okay. So she's like, all right, I need to get out of here. Sister's out. Um, sister, in. brother-in-law, got to go to the brothers. The brothers are in St. Louis. Uh, she found work as a laundress, okay. earning barely more than a dollar a day. It's not enough. Um, and she was determined to make enough money to provide her daughter, to provide her daughter with a formal education. Nice. Um, so she... So Sarah, as we all do, had scalp ailments. Like it's itchy head? Itchy head. Dandruff, um, skin disorders, and application of harsh... We all do. Harsh, we all do. <laughs> Due to the application of harsh products to cleanse hair and mm. wash clothes. Or blessings. So, close. Um, <laughs> other contributing factors to her... And she had hair loss. And so other contributing factors, again, was poor diet, illness... 
infrequent bathing and mm-hmm. hair washing during a time where most Americans lacked indoor plumbing, central heating, and electricity. Mm-hmm. So her hair was just not no good. And as an African American woman, tough hair is hair. it's a v- tough hair to take care of. Yeah. Like it needs a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to in a minute. So initially, Sarah learned about hair care from her brothers because her brothers were barbers. Oh, so that's they fun. knew about hair. Okay. Um, so she became a commissions agent selling products for Annie Malone. And Annie Malone was an Amer- African-American hair care entrepreneur. Okay. Um, so she developed hair care for African-American men and women to take care and protect their hair and scalp. Mm-hmm. While working for her, um, Sarah began to take her knowledge she was learning about, like, her... Um, Annie Malone's products Mm -hmm. and started creating her own products. So in 1905, when she was 37 years old, Sarah and her daughter moved to Denver where she continued to sell products for Malone and also on the side Uh develop her own hair care products. Um, Controversy ensued. Mm. Annie found out. She was like, you're stealing my formula. And she goes, "Uh uh-uh. I'm using an existing formula you also use. I'm just doing other stuff, too. <laughs> um, so in 1906, she got married again for the third and final time okay, to a man Marzel. named Charles Walker. And Sarah then became known as Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. So she marketed herself Madam. as an independent hairdresser and retailer of cosmetic creams. She used the She used the um, term Madame, which is... Adopted from women pioneers of the French beauty industry. Love it. Um, her husband, who was also her business partner, provided advice on advertising and promotion. Um, Sarah sold her products door to door, teaching other black women how to groom and style their hair, mm-hmm. which was a very you know niche market that wasn't really... Not thriving in uh, Denver. Not thriving in Denver. <laughs> not really thriving in the United States. Yeah. And just kind of something people didn't know they what was an option yeah or didn't know how to properly care for that type of hair mm-hmm. i can kind of relate having really thick curly hair nobody knows what the hell to do with it <laughs> put it under a hat i have to seek out specific like hairdressers yeah. who know how to like cut curly hair because it's a whole thing <laughs> so this story really was like spoke to you it spoke to me on a yeah. level of hair <laughs> Um, in 1906, she put her daughter in charge of the mail order operations in Denver. Okay. Um, she was like, hey girl, you got this. Mm-hmm. And she moved to, um, and then she and her husband traveled throughout the southern and eastern United States to expand the business. So in 1908, her and her husband relocated to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where they opened a beauty parlor Ooh. and established Leela College to train hair culturists okay. as an advocate of black women's economic independence. She opened training programs for her national network of licensed sales agents who earned healthy commissions. Amazing. This is 1908. Yeah. Not only is she a woman. Women don't have the right woman. to vote yet. <laughs> No right. Civil rights? Who's she? <laughs> Don't know who she is right now. <coughs> so this is a, an African-American woman mm-hmm. in, the, in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. giving other African-American women the opportunity Work. to make good money, learn how to take care of their yeah. hair, and help other people in the community. She's great. I She's love great. her. 
1910, she relocated her business to Indianapolis, where she established the headquarters for the Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company. Nice. Um, she built a factory, a hair salon, and a beauty school to train her sales agents, um, which included a laboratory <gasps> to help with research. A research laboratory. A research laboratory. And many of her company's employees, including those in key management positions, okay. were women. Yes, girl. Which, unheard of mm-hmm. at this time. At this time. Yeah. I could have I done this story for like Women's History Month, but I really want to do it. Um, so her product line had several competitors. Um, similar products were produced in Europe and manufactured by other companies in the United States, which included one of her major rivals, Annie Malone. Who she used Uh-oh, to work for. Yeah, that she might have stolen a little and bit. She from. might have borrowed a formula. <laughs> um, so 1911 and 1919 was the height of her career. Um, her company employed several thousand women as sales agents, and the company claimed to have trained nearly 20,000 women. Wow. Uh, wow. In addition to training in sales and grooming, she also showed other black women how to budget, nice. build their own businesses, and encourage them to become financially independent. Amazing. So she was helping the community. Yeah. Um, she held a conference, the first national gathering of women entrepreneurs to s- discuss business and commerce. Okay. Um, during the convention, she gave prizes to women who sold the most products. Nice. Um, and rewarded those who made the lar- largest contributions um, in their communities. Amazing. Um, as her wealth and notoriety increased, she became more vocal about her uh, political views. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she went to the National Negro Business League, the NNBL. Okay. Um, and from the convention floor. Um, so she wasn't brought there to speak. She was just there. Mm-hmm. And then she got up and said, basically, <laughs> I am a woman who came from the cotton fields of the South. From there, I was promoted to the wash tub. From there, I was promoted to the cook kitchen. And from there, I promoted myself into the business of manufacturing hair goods and preparations. I have built my own factory on my own ground. Yes, girl. And the following year, they asked her back to be the keynote speaker. Excuse me. About 1913, her daughter, whose name's Aaliyah, moved to a townhouse in Harlem. And in 1916, um, Sarah joined her, leaving the day-to-day operation of her company to the management team in Indianapolis. (coughs) Excuse me becoming more and more involved in political matters and issues of the time, you mm-hmm. know, it was going into World War One mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and until from 1917 until her death in 1919, she was a member of the Committee of Management of the Harlem uh, YWCA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, influencing in devel- the development of training in beauty skills to young women. Wow. Uh, so she pledged a bunch of money, gave a bunch of money to the NAACP, um, the National Association, Association of Colored Women's Clubs, um, and she was just amazing. Amazing. Uh, she died on May twenty fifth, nineteen nineteen, from kidney failure mm. at the age of fifty one. Oh wow! Um, at the time of her death, she was considered. Um, as the wealthiest African-American woman in America. Wow. Uh, according to her obituary in the New York Times, she said herself two years ago she was not yet a millionaire, but hoped some with some time, um, not that she wanted the money for herself, but for the good she could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that is the story of Sarah Breedlove, a.k.a. Madam C.J. Walker, that, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, okay. she was the first female self-made millionaire in yes, America. Yes, girl! Get it! And that's Good her. job, Sarah! <clears throat> Way to go, Sarah. And I have used her hair products before. Have you? Mm-hmm. I have annoyed of it. They are still sold today. Amazing. And they work really well. Great. She was good at what she, she did. She was good. She knew what she was doing. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. I am going to talk about <clears throat> the 1925 serum run to Nome, a.k.a. The, Ra- the Great Race of Mercy. Balto? A.k.a. The OG Iditarod. <gasps> with Balto. And Balto! Balto's in it, but I have something to say about Balto at the end. Okay. Shout out to Courtney Curry, who doesn't listen to this, but... <laughs> She's a Balto fan? You never heard her Balto, Balto story? No. Oh, she I know Balto. T- I'm going to tell you this after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then next week, spoilies, I'm going to talk about another first within the Iditarod. Ooh. Okay. So first, we're going to talk about the dog sled. Yeah. Um, the practice of using dogs to pull sleds dates back to at least 6,000 B.C., Remnants of sleds and harnesses have been found with canine remains in Siberia, which were carbon dated back like 8,000 years ago. In 1534, the French discovered this peninsula in Quebec. In Quebec. Um, but they were clashing with the natives with a series of attacks. Oh, bless you. Or maybe, there might be one more. But continue. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, they were clashing with the natives with a series of attacks and reprisals. So. Samuel de Champlain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Samuel Champlain came, or de Champlain came. De Champlain. With a solution. He's like, if you can't beat him, join him. So he arranges to have a group of young Frenchmen to live with the natives in the area, learn their language and customs to basically help the French adapt to the North America mm-hmm. life and how to get along with these people <laughs> who were there first. Um, so the native people living there had, of course, also used sled dogs um, to move stuff around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the boys, um, they learned how to use the sled dogs from the natives. And as a direct result, they were able to extend the French influence um, a lot further because they knew how to travel, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the winter months, dog sledding became the ordinary transportation in the new north of New France, is what it was called at the mm. time. Um, but then, of course, the British had to come and try and take over. And some of the new French people accepted the British rule um, over the area, and they continued to use the sled dog. The French speakers would still use the word marché, marché. which means walk. Mush! And the British people, you know, English speakers screwed it up. And, of course you did. Uh, it transformed into the word mush, no. which is now why dog sledding is called mushing sometimes. Oh, I love it. I know. Interesting, right? Paper mache. <laughs> bon mache. <laughs> Paper walk. Paper walk. <laughs> um, okay, so it, gets continu- it continues to get used during the Klondike Gold Rush. Um, they used sleds and dogs, and in 1911, Norwegian explorer Ronald Emmonson used the sled dogs in a race to become the first person to the South Pole. Mm-hmm. 
He succeeds while his competitor, Robert Falcon Scott, died. Remember Robert Falcon Scott from our Ernest Shackleton episode long ago. Okay, so now, in the winter of 1924 to 1925, Curtis Welsh is the only doctor in Nome. Um, And he's like, you know, doing inventory, and he notices that his entire batch of diphtheria (gasps) antitoxin has expired. Whoops, probably should have done that sooner, Kurt. Probably should have done inventory a little bit earlier. <laughs> so, Dr. Curtis, he places not an like order. not like it's up For more. He places an order. But the problem is, no, she's way up there. She's way up there. Um, there's a point in the winter where you can't get to the port mm-hmm. because it's ice. Mm-hmm. And there's no airplanes. There's an, Well, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so, it's not accessible. Yeah. So, if you don't get the medicine on the last boat that comes into port, you're going to have to wait till spring to get it. Mm-hmm. And so, he's like, well, that's probably fine. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No one can get to us. How can a bacteria? Who's going to need this? <laughs> who's going to need it? Who's going to need it? <laughs> so, bacteria, who's she? And we had it all this time. It expired. Yeah. Nobody needed it until this very moment. <laughs> Um, in December 1924, several days after the last ship came with no meds and left the port, Dr. Curtis treated a few children for what he had diagnosed as sore throats. They probably weren't sore throats. He's like, it's negative 45 outside. Of course they have sore throats. Yeah. Everything hurts. You're, We're yeah. in some sort of it's version of hell. very cold. <laughs> Backwards hell. <laughs> um, in the next few weeks, though, more and more people had sore throats and four children actually died. Oh, no. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> Colds aren't supposed to do that. Yeah, Especially no. to children. So by mid-January 1925, um, Dr. Curtis officially diagnosed the first case of diphtheria after he was able to do an autopsy on one of those kids. Mm. Um, and he had died only two weeks after first getting sick. So the following day, a seven-year-old girl presented the same symptoms of diphtheria, which mm-hmm. is a fun word to say for it's how great. nasty yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so he gave her some of the expired medicine. Like, maybe it's better than nothing. Yeah. But she died a few hours later. Oh. So it's not better So it was worse. <laughs> so now we have an emergency situation. Yeah. <clears throat> Dr. Curtis gets the mayor on the horn yeah. to let him know what's happening. And the mayor um, arranges an emergency town council meeting, and they decide immediately to implement a quarantine. Mm-hmm. We know it. The next We've day, <clears throat> Dr. Curtis sent radio telegrams to all other major towns in Alaska, letting them know, like, watch out for diphtheria, because we totally have it. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've, anyone's been here, quarantine yourself. Yeah. Um, despite the quarantine, though, there were t- over 20 confirmed cases of diphtheria, and at least 50 more at risk by the end of January. And without the antitoxin, it was expected that the surrounding region's population of around 10,000 people, the mortality rate could be close to 100%. Ooh. Um, in 1918, the Spanish flu was there <laughs> and took out 50% of the people in Nome. Ooh. The majority of them were um, Native Alaskan people because they just don't have, yeah, like... Uh, what don't they have? They don't have like any resistance because they no built up immunity. Never, and like seen other, it's so isolated up there. Yeah, so they're like, yo, it's happening again. Um, 
So planes weren't an option. First of all, they were super new at the time. And the year before, they'd tested their planes in the winter, and they'd only made it 260 miles, mm. which is half the distance that they needed to go to get to Nome. Um, not only that, but the planes they had were vintage biplanes, mm. and those had been dismantled for winter. <laughs> we don't need these. Let's take them apart <laughs> and put them away. It. Okay, so planes are out. The Board of Health has a meeting, and Mark Summers suggests using dog sled teams like, as a relay. Um, and, you know, at first he suggested just two teams meeting in the middle mm-hmm. going. But that was estimated to take about 30 days. Mm. And Dr. Curtis said that the serum would only last probably like six days. Oh, geez. It's not in regulated conditions, you know, like in the perfect stored cool temperature that it needs. Yeah. Um, like, it's literally going to be negative 70 mm-hmm. degrees at some points. So, um, Mark Summers, the one who suggested that, mm-hmm. he said he had an employee, Leonard Seppala. Mm-hmm. Leonard. Leonard and his lead dog, Togo. Togo? Had made That's the not run. Balto. Had made the run <laughs> from Nome to Nuleto and back in a record-breaking four days. He'd won the All-Alaskan Sweepstakes three times. He was famous because he was really athletic and great with his dog, and he's just really good. Um, And Togo was famous in the area, too. He had great leadership. He was super intelligent, and he had, like, this sick sensibility to sense danger. Mm -hmm. So the board vote and Hundo P dog sleds are what we're doing. Way to go. Doing the sleds. So, like, hopefully uh, Seppel is free. (laughs) Because <laughs> kind of all this depends on him. They didn't even ask him. <laughs> They're but, like, great, that's what we're doing. Hey, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Len. Lenny. Um, but they call him up and he's like, yep, no problem, and starts getting ready right away. Mm-hmm. But Togo has a cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, Togo is the best. Okay. Um, they get all the available antitoxins in the Northwest, and they get it into Seattle, where they're going to ship it to Anchorage. Mm-hmm. The problem is... The ship didn't get into Seattle until the end of the month. Uh-oh. And then it would take six or seven days to get it to Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And then the dog sleds. It's too late at that it's point. It's way too late. So, <laughs> um, the... Supply chain did it again. <laughs> did it again. On January 26th, like some janitor probably at the Anchorage hospital is like, isn't this what you need? Yeah. And they found 300,000 units <laughs> they had just forgot about. In Anchorage. <laughs> Inventory, people. I know. God, Inventory. they're bad at it. Okay, so <laughs> that wasn't as much as they needed, um, but it would definitely help. So they wrapped the vials in, like, padded quilts and in this, like, metallic cylinder thing. Mm-hmm. And Governor Scott Bone, mm. great name, had it shipped up Scotty to B. Nanana. <laughs> Nanana. Um, because the train, that's as far as the train went oh, from okay. Anchorage to Nanana. Nanana. Um, and this will be important for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Nanana is way further north. And so that first Iditarod was only 600 and only 674 miles. Mm-hmm. Now the Iditarod race that they do starts in Anchorage and it's 1200. Oh, it's Dublé. So it's, yeah. So I'm not losing my mind when the miles are different next week. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. Um, Make a note to <laughs> say Claire is losing her mind. Got it. 
Uh, okay, so they got their meds. Let's get the dogs and get moving. Um, just a fun side note, the temperatures across the Alaskan interior uh, were at a 20-year low. Ooh, chilly. Super. Like, once it gets to the, like, l- lower 48, yeah. the Hudson River freezes. Like, that's how cold we're talking. And they don't have an REI to get new parkas. <laughs> Or jackets. No or a coat. Warm, warm mittens. Okay, so it's very, very cold. Um, another kind of fun fact is that the best dog mushers along the route that they were taking were the mailmen. Oh, yeah. Because that's how they would deliver mail during the winter, which I thought was really interesting. And a lot of them are the Athabascans, which are direct descendants of like the original dog mushers in Alaska. Oh. So it's in their blood. They know what they're doing. So Ed Wetzler... He contacts all the mailmen along the route and tells them, like, go back to your little stations mm-hmm. because that's going to be the stopping points for people uh, along the way. Yeah. Um, so on January 27th, Wild Bill Shannon mm-hmm. was handed the 20-pound package at the train station in Nanana. 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 At 9 p.m. Nanana. Exactly. Okay, so 9 p.m. he gets it. It was 50 below zero i like cold too cold too cold it was dark miserable and his dogs were inexperienced oh no but wild bill didn't get his name from being cautious yeah no (laughs) his name's not cautious Uh, bill not rule follower bill (laughs) (laughs) he leaves immediately with uh lead dog blackie blackie i just don't like it when they're just named for the color that they are so yeah, uninspired. That's a little unoriginal. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so they were forced onto the river. Uh, Unless the dog's name is Blackie, but he's but like, he's like pure tan. white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the um, trail that he was planning on going on had been destroyed by horses somehow. Rude. So he had to go on the frozen river, and so somehow I don't know that makes it colder. Mm-hmm. So miserable. Wild Bill's not having a good time. Um, he was so cold that he got off the sled and just jogged next to it to try and stay warm. Um, <laughs> slippery. Yo, so slippery. I didn't so even think slippery. About that. At 3 a.m., the team arrived at, I guess, the mailman's house that they were going to next. Mm-hmm. Um, and his parts of his face were black from frostbite. <gasps> No, thank you. He warmed up by the fire um, and left a few dogs that weren't doing very well behind. Um, And then he left for Minto, where he was handing the serum off. Mm -hmm. And those dogs died. All right. Okay, so just Bill now. Like, I think he's going to calm down and lead a quiet life. You know what? He's going to lose lose the wild. He's just, (laughs) I'm I'm just William. Sensible Bill. Just William. Just call me William. (laughs) Um, he arrives into Minto at 11 a.m. Um, and hands the meds off to Edgar Calland. Mm. Um, I know what you're thinking. 11, it's gonna, he's going to love it out there. It's going to yeah. be great. No, it's still minus 56. Also, I looked it up. Sunrise in Minto in Alaska on January 28th is 9.59 a.m. So it's barely light. But yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but Edgar takes off. It's so cold that his hands literally froze to the sled handlebar. Um, 
The mailman at the next place had to pour boiling water onto the wood to unstick his hands. Oof. Like, he had to have gloves on, but for some reason he couldn't get off the sled because he was frozen to Yeah, it. I'm frozen to the sled. <laughs> Help me. Help. <laughs> okay. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I can't bring the sled with me. <laughs> yeah, gosh, how did they pee? That's a, my question. Questions. Lots of them. Okay. Again, with the record keeping, on January 29th, they find 125,000 more units in Juneau of the Mets. They just keep finding them all over the place. Which sounds like a lot, but according to Wikipedia.org, that's only enough to treat four to six people. So you need a lot of units. You need a lot, it sounds like. Um, Okay. Back in Nome, there was a fifth death Mm -hmm. on January 30th. Governor Bone, Mm -hmm. he's like, we got to speed this up. So they decide not to make Seppala do the entire second half, and they add more sled teams so that basically, like, rather than them resting mm-hmm. and then going again, they would just hand it off to the next person. Mm-hmm. Saving a lot a of bucket, time. A bucket brigade. Sh- certainly. <laughs> brigade of buckets. A bu- brigade of sleds. <laughs> um, Seppala was still doing the most dangerous leg, and... It was like he was taking a shortcut over the Nor- the frozen Norton Sound, mm-hmm. which is very dangerous. Um, the problem was, when they decided this, Seppala was already on his way to meet in the middle. He had to leave from Nome. Mm. No phones. Um, they couldn't send a carrier pigeon. It's too, too cold. cold. Too cold for the pigeons. Um, so Smoke signal? Mm-mm. No. It's foggy, probably. Yep. Um, so the plan was just like... To hope the other, uh, other <laughs> the other musher like ran into him on his way. Yeah. Oh hey! Like, do you know how big Alaska yeah. is? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like isn't that <laughs> like what? Huh? <laughs> Missed him. <laughs> okay. Missed him by that much. <laughs> Ten thousand miles. Okay. <clears throat> and then they planned for Seppla's friend Gunnar Casson. Another great name. These are just great names. Great names. I mean. Um, to take it from him after the Norton Sound, and then, um, whatever. Yeah. And then somebody else was going to take it in, too. No. Probably had a lame name, like... Ed. Cletus. It was Ed. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to him later. Okay. Okay. So, meanwhile, the serum is sledding its way, mostly... Thanks to the help of the Athabascan mushers that get no credit on Wikipedia. I tried to name everyone because they're just like the most incredible, mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. people around, but they weren't named. So then at 3 a.m. on January 30th, George Noller delivers the good to Charlie Evans at Bishop Mountain. Charlie passed through ice fog, <clears throat> which just sounds beyond. No, that does not sound comfortable. Both those things I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Ice and fog put him together. It's a terrible time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he can't see, so he has to rely on his lead dog to get him where he needs to go. Like, I can't even imagine just trusting that your dog... Like, Penny has never done anything in her life for me. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, these dogs are incredible. Um, Okay, so he... The dog's leading, but he has two short-haired lead dogs. Oh. And they eventually collapse with frostbite. Well, yeah, they don't have enough fur. They're very cold. They're very cold. They have short hair. They died. But now I'm calling him Wild Charlie because no lead dog, no problem for Charlie. Charlie. He becomes the lead dog and starts pulling the sled. Charlie. (laughs) Charlie. Alaskan men, they just don't uh, make it like that down here. They don't. <laughs> 
So he arrives at 10 a.m. Um, and hands off to Tommy Patsy, who departs within the half hour. So the problem is that the serum, while it's on their way, keeps freezing over mm-hmm. and over again. So they try and thaw it out before they leave. So mm-hmm. that's why he didn't leave right away. Um, next, he gives it to Jack Nikolai, a.k.a. Jack Screw, <laughs> who hands it off to Victor Agnick, who gives it to Miles Gonagan. Um, Miles gets through whiteout conditions and gale force winds, making the temperature negative 70. Ooh. I can't. I, like, at what point is it just like, yeah, I mean, it's still cold. Yeah, it's Like, it's can cold. you tell the difference between negative 50 and negative 70? I don't think so. I wouldn't like to find out. I can't tell the difference between 40 and 32. <laughs> Actually, I can't. You can. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, it's got to just be cold. Yeah, it's just cold. Okay, so Miles hands it off to Henry Ivanoff. Um, and this whole time, all these people, let's remember, I'm deciding official pod crush, Leonard Seppala, has been going nonstop. Yeah. Because he's going to meet them. Um, and he thinks he has 100 more miles to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> Henry is trying to run into him and hand it off mm-hmm. um, already. So... Henry, though. Sweet Henry. Sweet, sweet Henry. He, he ran into a reindeer and got tangled up. <laughs> such an odd problem. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like that um, that deer in, I think it's in, like, by Mount Rainier or something. And he is known throughout, like, this small little community because he has, like, a hammock tangled in his oh. antlers. <laughs> He got in a fight with a hammock and lost it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, anyways. He's... But this one just has, you know, the sled and its antlers and there's a dog <laughs> the hanging dog off. <laughs> okay, but he untangles them. And then shortly after, he sees Seppala and he's like, whew, thank God it was after. There you are. I, how embarrassing. That would have been embarrassing. Nothing happened. <laughs> Anyways, so he yells to Seppala that he's got serum and Seppala flips a Yui and gets the meds. Mm-hmm. So he's been going all day. This is the evening at this point. He's tired. He was expecting to be able to rest mm-hmm. this night. But Henry tells him that they had to basically cut him off rather than having him do the whole thing because the epidemic was worsening. Mm. So Seppala, he knows a storm's coming also. He decides to not take a break and just get out. Mm-hmm. Set out. To get the serum there. So he decides to brave the storm across 20 miles of exposed open ice of the Norton Sound um, with wind chills, which again was gale force. The temperature was minus 85. I can't. I just can't. Nope. I won't. Nope. Um, this That's is even the... too cold for me. And I like the cold. <laughs> it's too cold. This is in the middle of the night, but Togo, the lead dog, um, leads them in a straight line. Way to go, Togo. An exact straight line. And they arrive in Isaac's Point, um, which was on the other side of the pound. The pound. The pound. The sound <laughs> at 8 p.m. In one day, they had traveled 84 miles. Way to go. Togo, you're Way doing to go, it. Togo. You go, Togo. And like, I've tr- like, if I have to go somewhere 84 miles away in my comfortable, warm car, I'm like, ugh, fine. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, quite a... In the night. In gale force winds. Absolutely. I wouldn't drive my car in gale force winds. No. <laughs> I wouldn't drive my car with someone named Gale. No. Never a Gale. Never a Gale. 
Okay, so they rest um, at wherever they got to, something about Isaac, Isaac's Point, from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., and then they head out again during the night in the stupid storm. Um, incredibly, overnight, when they were sleeping, the wind had broken up and blown out to sea a lot of the ice that they had cr- they had crossed over the day before. Oh. So, like, timing... Oh, yeah, because it wouldn't have been there. Yeah. (laughs) Next, they had to go up and over Little McKinley Mountain, Mm -hmm. um, which was also super dangerous. Over eight miles, the dogs gained a total of 5,000 feet, which is very steep. That's, yeah. I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. Um, No. No, not absolutely could not. (laughs) After going down Little McKinley, Seppola passes serum to Charlie Olson on February 1st at 3 p.m. Okay. Back in Nome, the number of cases is 28. The serum and route can treat 30. Oh, nobody else get it. No. Okay, back on the trail. There was a powerful blizzard with 80 mile an hour winds. So Dr. Curtis is like, we have to stop before, like, you have to stop until the storm passes because it's better to get a little bit late meds than them get destroyed. Yeah, then no meds at all. In an accident in this storm. Um... So they tell, uh, they try and send telegraphs, but the lines are dead because there's a giant storm. And Gale. With 80 mile an hour winds. And Gale unplugged it. Yeah. Gale. <laughs> so Charlie. Classic Gale behavior. <laughs> she always does. <laughs> she loves small crafts. Mm-hmm. And Gales. Yeah. Okay. So Charlie was blown off the trail. He severed. Um, or he suffered severe frostbite on his hands because he had to take his gloves off to put little blankets on the dogs. <laughs> oh. But he makes it in, albeit a poor condition, to Gunner Casson on mm. February 1st at 7 p.m. So Gunner, he waited until 10 p.m. for the storm to break, but it was just getting worse. And he's thinking, like... Um, Things are going to be, like, falling on the trail and blocking Mm -hmm. it. Like, it's just going to be harder and worse the longer I wait. So he departs into a headwind with Balto leading the way. (gasps) There he is. (laughs) I was wondering when Balto would show up. Which, why, you're probably going to tell me, but why does Balto get all the recognition when Togo... We're going to talk about it. Togo sounds like the hero. We're going to talk about it. Okay, Gunner travels through the night. The visibility is so poor that he can't even see the closest dog to him. Oh, so Balto's just running. So Bal- but Balto, but Balto knows. Balto knows. He knows where he's going. Um, he was gonna stop. Gunner was gonna stop at um, I forget what it's called. I didn't write it down. At some postman's mm-hmm. house. And by the time he realized where he was, he was two miles past it. <laughs> so he was Oopsies. like, "Well, I guess we'll just keep going." Um, the winds were so severe that his sled flipped over. Uh-oh. The cylinder with all the meds fell off and got buried in the snow. Oh. And he almost lost it. He had to use his bare, ha- bare hands to feel for it under Hockey the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and so he got frostbite in his hands, but he did find it. So Gunnar Balto and the team reached point safety ahead of schedule on February 2nd at 3 a.m. Um, they were meant to hand off to Ed Ron. Um, but Ed was sleeping. Ed, <laughs> because... not a time to nap. <laughs> well, it's 3 a.m., first of all. They were ahead of schedule, second. And third, Ed had gotten the telegram to stop. 
What are you looking at? I'm looking at your pictures. <laughs> Pay attention to me. I am. Okay, so Ed didn't think that um, he was going to be there, so he was a napping. And Gunner's like, well, we'll just do it. Like, Ed's resting. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ed is losing all the glory. Can't can't wake up Ed. <laughs> no. Ed needs his sleep. <laughs> Ed just needs his sleep. Which, you know what? I feel you, Ed. No, Tom. I also would be yes. napping. It's 3 a.m. and they're not meant to be there yet. Yeah, you're not supposed to be He's here. I will be sleeping. He's in full REM. Yeah. It's the middle of the <laughs> night. <laughs> Okay, but Ed did lose all the glory because he was meant to bring it in. Ed, you know what? Tough one. So what you they, get when you want when you're all cozy. When you like to sleep like a normal human. Okay, so they press on the remaining 25 miles to Nome, reaching Front Street at 5.30 a.m. Not a single vial was broken, mm. and an antitoxin was thawed and ready by noon. They saved the day. They did it. Together, the teams covered 674 miles in 127 and one half hours, which was considered a world record done in extreme sub-zero temperatures in near blizzard conditions and hurricane force winds. Mm. Um, I read somewhere that they tried to do it like years and years later with like their kids basically Mm -hmm. their descendants and it took them twice as long (laughs) and it wasn't as bad of conditions um so these are crazy people all participants in the dog sled received letters of commendation from president calvin this was like like national news oh yeah 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 for sure um so they even made a movie called balto uh, don't remind me (laughs) Uh, so they received letters of commendation from president calvin coolidge um and each musher received a gold medal from the H.K. Mulford Company. Ooh. Don't know what that is. The mayor of Los Angeles presented a bone-shaped key to the city, to Balto, in Balto. front of City Hall. Um, and he tried to eat it. He's like, no, no. No, no. Poems and letters from children poured in, rah, rah, rah. Gunnar Kassen and his team became celebrities and toured the West Coast from February 1925 to 26. He also starred in a 30-minute film entitled Balto's Race to Gnome. (gasps) Balto. A statue of Balter by sculptor Frederick Roth was unveiled in New York City's Central Park. Um, And then in October 1926, Sepala took Togo and his team on a tour from Seattle to California and then across the Midwest to New England and consistently drew huge crowds. They were featured at Madison Square Garden in New York City for 10 days um, to look at Balto's statue. (laughs) There's also a statue of Balto in Anchorage. Yes, there is. Um, They were 10 days, blah, blah, blah. Togo received a gold medal from... Ronald Emerson. Way to go, Togo. And now is when I go into Togo deserves all the credit. Togo does deserve all the credit. Because he got chipped. Balto gets the statue in the Disney movie. He only ran 53 miles. Only. Togo ran, guesses? The rest. 261. Togo! Because he had to go there and back. That's true. And it was over the most dangerous parts. Um, so this is my official at- uh, petition to get Togo like a statue. Togo needs something. Although, <laughs> Seppala did taxidermy him and now he's in a museum in Wasilla. <laughs> um, Typical also, Alaska. I'm not surprised at 
<laughs> also, Seppla, remember he was um, Gunner's friend. Mm-hmm. Seppla was his dog. Was um, no, Balto? Balto was Seppla's dog actually. And he said that Balto was a scrub freight dog that he left behind when he sent out on the trip because he wasn't even good enough. <laughs> he also said that Balto wasn't even the lead dog. It was a dog named Fox. But the news media took a photo of Gunner and Balto, so they ran with that. And apparently, Seppola <gasps> was bitter until the very end that Balto got credit and Togo didn't. Anyways, that's enough trash talk. Name your babies Togo. That's my story. <laughs> trash talk about Balto. <laughs> that's my story of the OG I did around. Ooh, good story. I thought it was great. I thought it was Justice such an interesting story. Justice for Togo. Justice for Togo. Justice for Togo. He's going to be our cover art no matter what our I mean, yeah, title is. The title can just be anything and then it'll just be, you know, yes. Justice for Togo. Justice for Togo. <laughs> okay, January 9th. On this day... Uh, 1431, Mm -hmm. got an old, uh, judge's investigation for the trial of Joan of Arc begins in Rouen, France. Oh, wait, wait. Um, which I... You love her. I love Joan of Arc. I love Joan. But for the longest time, I did not think she was actually a real person. Oh, really? I thought she was like, you know... Not <laughs> someone else. That <laughs> I, I thought she was, I thought it was like a fairy tale. <laughs> like, to be tale. like, you know, girls are great and strong. Yeah, and girls can do it too. Can do it but too. they will get murdered. <laughs> but they will get murdered <laughs> by the government. Uh, 1493. Yes. My personal favorite I'm very of excited. the entire on this day. Uh, Christopher Columbus first sights manatees. Yay! Yay the sea He's cow. Like, and that's when he thought it was a mermaid because it was so beautiful. Yeah. Look at the beauty, the grace. It's a manatee. It's a manatee. Uh, 1799. British Prime Minister William Pitt the Younger introduces income tax. Boo! Pitt, you yeah, stupid. Uh, 1811, first women's golf tournament held. Mm-hmm. Do you know what golf stands for? Uh, Gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. forbidden. That's so only at Augusta. That's funny that it's a women's tournament. It's a women's tournament. Uh, 1880, uh, the Great Gale of mm. 1880. Another Gale. Another Gale. So many Gales. Um. Six feet of snow falls in Seattle over five days. Holy mackerel. That'll shut her down. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And this is pre-Seattle being very hilly. What are you talking about? (laughs) Seattle wasn't very hilly back in the day. How? It was flat. They built it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Standing by what I just said. Um, 1909. And also they didn't have cars, so... A bus sliding down Pike Street, not an issue. No, not Pike Street. That's a terrible street because it's the flattest street in Seattle. One going. Virginia. Bell. Denny. Perpendicular to Pike. And Pike. Union? University? I don't know. Go on. Who cares? Anyway, as <laughs> we named streets in Seattle. Um, we're from Dakota. We we're from Dakota. doing this. Uh, 1909, Ernest Shackleton. Another shout out to Ernest. I love an Ernest. Uh, as part of the British Nimrod expedition, yes. reaches a record farthest south of latitude. 
Best man, best boat name. Love, love a Shackleton. <laughs> love a Nimrod. <laughs> love, a, love a Nimrod. I do. Uh, 1947, Elizabeth Betty Short is last seen alive. She will be later known as the Black Dahlia. R.I.P. Still a mystery. Uh, 1962, the National Football League prohibits grabbing of face masks. Because probably before this, they didn't, didn't have, have them. them. <laughs> They're just little leather hats. Yeah, that was it. And they put a face mask. Somebody grabbed them. And just, Ooh, probably shouldn't oh, do that. That might hurt. Ooh, that might There's not be good. There's a neck possibility. Mm. <laughs> uh, eight, 1986. After losing a patent battle with Polaroid, oh, Kodak must give up its instant camera business. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, 1991. Baseball officially bans Pete Rose from being elected to the Hall of Fame. For betting on baseball. Pete Rose was a baseball player and a manager. Did he throw games? Uh, they don't think so, but they're not sure. And Pete's not saying anything. Maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> if he wants to stay out of um, trouble. 1995, a worker accidentally cuts electrical wires <laughs> at Newark Airport. <laughs> Whoopsie doodles. Uh, 1996, first episode of the TV sitcom yes. Third Rock for the Sun. From the Sun. From the Sun, excuse me. Starring Christian Johnson and the scariest man on the planet, John Lithgow. Um, <laughs> Fan of the show. Debuts on NBC. We love John Lithgow. We do we? I do. I don't. I He's, he terrifies me. I love him. Uh, 2001, Apple announced iTunes for organizing and playing wow. digital music and videos. Interesting. And then six years later in 2007... Steve Jobs announces the iPhone. Which we have. Which we both have. <laughs> Blue text forever. Yay! <laughs> they're like, I think in England or something, they're making everyone's blue because it's like... Here too. No, I don't want that. I mm-hmm. like to judge people. Yep, they're making everybody's blue. Ugh. So it's a, yeah. Apple's getting in like... Trouble. Trouble. Because they're of their proprietary stuff that doesn't work play well with others which is why they mm. had to switch to the USB-C charging port because yeah. of a ruling in Europe because they're just making so much electronical trash yeah with all their different charges on every GD phone mm-hmm. okay um I have 1317 Ooh. Phillips 5 <laughs> I didn't say the Phillips 5 <laughs> Phillips 5 the tall Ooh. <laughs> He was five. He, he was five six. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's crowned King of France. Oh, oui. Uh, seventeen seventy six. Eliza mm-hmm. reads it. Common mm-hmm. Sense by Thomas Paine is published. Mm-hmm. Um, eighteen sixty eight. The last convict ship to something that got autocorrected incorrectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, no. oh no, that's the ship's name. Hugo Mount uh-huh. arrives in. Uh, Fremantle, Australia, Ooh. ending the 80 years of penal transportation. Oh, yes. All the baddies went there, and now they're the coolest Now they're the time. coolest people on the planet. <laughs> okay, and then that's it. You did all the other ones. Cool. Uh, may they RIP. They may. Uh, 1966, Albert Stevens. He was an American patient in secret medical trials <gasps> who survived the highest known radiation dose in a human. Gosh, but he died. But he died. <laughs> um, but he died of heart disease at 79. <laughs> wow. So. Huh. 
he got a whole bunch of radiation and then, and then he lived else. for a while and then that's, that's what always happens something always gets you and then 2022 <laughs> everybody's Saget. dad everybody's dad bob Saget. bob bob Saget. it is head did it's sad that's really sad i just had bobby okay do you want me to keep going sure a happy birthday to uh richard nixon 37th president of the united states r.i.p r.i.p <laughs> Yeah, he did. Okay. He died in two... Oh, yeah, I guess. 1913. He's dead for sure. Um, 1929, uh, not happy birthday, to uh, Dorothea Puente. Mm. She's an American serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Denver, a.k.a. Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. Oh. Uh, J.K. Simmons in 1955. He's an American actor. He was in Whiplash, Juno... Um, he's in everything my favorite movie Zootopia yes and then also did you know he is the voice of the yellow M&M no in the commercials I did not know that he's the voice he is the yellow (laughs) M&M it's incredible just makes him better gosh what a resume (laughs) what can't he do (laughs) literally the yellow M&M he's the yellow (laughs) M&M He's in the in the Christmas commercial where he, they see Santa. He does it's on exist. every year. I've never. It's still the original one. That one and the Hershey's Kisses commercial where the they bells. do 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 yeah. do 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 I do. Like that one. Yeah, those those two. I've seen them my entire life. Yes. Uh, 1956, one year later, which is quite surprising <laughs> that J.K. Simmons is older than mm. Imelda Staunton. Who that? She is. She played Queen Elizabeth in the final two seasons of The Crown. Oh, she's And she's also Dolores Umbridge. Yes. She looks she like a toad. <laughs> is younger wow. than J.K. Simmons. Yeah, they're different in the England. More you know. uh, 1965, one of my favorite names, Muggsy Bogues. Ooh. He was an American NBA guard and the shortest player ever to play in the NBA. How old is he? At a towering five foot three inches. Wow. He yeah. was actually short. He's shorty. Shorter he than me. He people's knees. He's shorter than me. He could sneak around him. Yeah. Go through their legs. Go through their legs. Shaq, <laughs> through his legs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, no. Come back. Uh, 1967. We got two today. Mm-hmm. And we got Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, hey, now he's an all-star. Steve Harwell, <laughs> lead singer of Smash Mouth. Some. Body wants to Nineteen seventy-three wrote the soundtrack to my college days, Sean Paul. Yes. Uh, Nineteen seventy-eight, Ag McLean of the Backstreet Boys, aka my favorite. <laughs> really, I was I looking was... at his Instagram today, and it he didn't age especially well. <laughs> you know, I think he's I, fine. He's fine, but he was he was my. He was your guy. Yeah. I always had to pick someone in every group. Oh, and I was like, did. you know, AJ was my guy. Great. And then 1982, Princess Catherine of Wales, also known as Kate Middleton. Yes. Great. I just had one more. 1944, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. <gasps> Ooh, good one. Thanks. That's all. That's it. Cool. We did it. We did it. We'll be back at least one more time in January. At least one. Already have. Because <laughs> uh, Clara, the book read that I was reading, already has her thing done, and I have to figure out what I'm going to do next. Well, it's certainly not done. <laughs> well, you're closer than I am. You know what you're doing. <laughs> Yay! All right, I, you're doing it first. Okay. Oh, we love you. We love you, and, and we, we mean, mean it. Goodbye. Bye.